well, well, the day is finally here, Chandler. Wow. I am so excited because it's a very big episode today. Long awaited, mm-hmm. much requested. Mm-hmm. We are debating on all of Gwyneth Paltrow's boyfriend. Boyfriend. Do you realize we're doing two back-to-back Gwyneth episodes in the main feed? And you know what? Who cares? This is what we want, so I'm pretty sure that's what the people want. And if you yeah. don't want it, just don't tell us about it. S- spare us the DM, okay? Right. You know what? This is interesting to us, and I think it will be interesting to the few people who listen to this podcast as well. Yeah, I think it will be. Please take us away. Our small audience. Okay. One thing I want to tell you about though, um, is I did have something happen that I thought was medium funny. Um, and I would share with you. Okay. So actually I had two things happen recently. Um, I'll tell you the medium funny story first. So one is I got some dental work done. Shocking. Well, it is shocking, actually. So it wasn't actually dental work. It was a cleaning and Mm x-rays. And I'm going to come clean with our listeners. That's a phrase you like to use a lot. Um, But I'm going to come clean and say that I haven't had a proper cleaning and x-rays, really haven't been to the dentist in like four years. That's why I said shocking, because I've literally never heard you reference a dentist appointment as far as my brain can remember. It's primarily out of fear because when I consider going to the dentist after a few years, it's suddenly like, oh, no, I, I don't right. really have it in me to shell out a couple grand, fix a bunch of problems. Yep. So, I mean, might I add some context as well? We don't have like amazing teeth in our family. Like the look of them is great, but we don't have like fantastic enamel. At least I don't. Like I regularly as a kid had, you know, between four to five cavities every time I went to the dentist. (laughs) Honestly, it always just felt like this big ordeal going to the dentist. And I think especially going to the dentist once the band-aid was ripped off and I had to pay for my own dental work as a 20 something making basically no dollars. Mm -hmm. Suddenly that that shit got real stressful real quick. Right. I at one point was on a payment plan with my dentist in college, which is so dark. I remember the time I found out I had to get a bunch of dental work done. It was going to cost me like $2,500 and I just couldn't even fathom paying that no. much money. It's like paying money for your own torture. Yes, exactly. And so and so I just really was not looking forward to this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pushed it off, right? Right. And in what's fun, interesting about it is like even now at, at this point in my life where I, you know, if something were to go awry, I could thankfully it would be okay. I could manage that storm. But the habit of feeling like the dentist was so such a stressful thing has been ingrained in me. Okay. So anyway, long story short though, I'm talking to Kate and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the dentist this morning. I haven't been, a, been in a long time. This thing's probably going to cost me at least four grand. Probably got a couple of crowns. Crowns? <laughs> Are you having tooth pain? No, no tooth oh, pain. Okay. But I just assumed. Is your halitosis back? No, I never had halitosis, <laughs> okay? Only anal itch. But thankfully, oh, that's at bay. <laughs> no, I've never suffered from either of those ailments, <laughs> at least publicly. Please, I was going to say, if so, you should definitely do our ZocDoc ad because yeah, I'm just, you've been cured. I'm just referencing that uh, inside ZocDoc ad joke for the Papapologist loyalists. But anyway, yeah, so I was just like, oh, gosh, you know, I, this is the last thing I need right before a wedding, like a $4,000 bill, like a couple of crowns at least. Um, so anyway. You only have like, yeah, okay, go continue. I only have, what, 30 teeth and I probably need 60 crowns. Like, I don't know. Double crowns on each. Probably. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, it becomes at some point, you know, a sunk cost where it's like, should I just get veneers? Should I just shave them all off? hundred <laughs> percent. Can I yank them all off and put mm-hmm. in dentures at this point? Right. And then also, this is the other thing that I really don't like about the dentist is I just don't like the talking to that you get. Oh, I don't like no. the hygienist speech. The scolding you sign up for when you get your teeth clean is just honestly unacceptable. I have a dentist appointment coming up and I'm already like preparing myself for being like, okay, I know I said I was going to floss, you know, five times a week, but I've actually only done it once a week. Is <laughs> yeah, that enough? At best, at best. They honestly, they nail you to the cross in the dentist chair. They nail you to it's the cross. so true. And it's just like as an adult paying for a professional service, I would like to not be berated. Right. That's right. just the Absolutely. base level. No, totally. There's something about being berated as, you know, a tax paying, <laughs> hardworking adult person in society that just like grinds my gears. It's just like, save it, Susan. I don't want to hear it. So anyway, I march myself in and I sit down. This very nice Puerto Rican dentist, you know, examines me and I like, I launch into this big speech. I'm like, I haven't, you know, I haven't been to the dentist in four years. First of all, I, like someone was so rude. They were like, are you going to get dental work done in Puerto Rico? Let me tell you, right. the office is state of the art. They speak two languages. These people are on their shit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm so impressed by all of Puerto Rico's facilities. But I'm at the dentist. I give this big speech. It's like when you sit in the dentist chair, you also get truth serum because you suddenly start unpacking all of your dental woes and uh, your biggest fears with your teeth. Yeah. It's just it's it's an inner child moment for sure. Yes. Yes. And so I say to her, I'm like, just so you know, I know that like whatever we're about to see here, we're going to like handle together. together. And like I am committed to solving whatever problems are here. I just oh don't God. want to feel bad about myself mm-hmm. today. It's literally like you're like a- about to get indicted for like first degree murder and it's just you and your lawyer. I'm just like, I case. just, maybe I can just have the sentencing, but I don't need the like family test totally. of who I murdered. Like yes, I don't need yes. to be raked over the coals okay mm-hmm. let's just send me let's off just, to prison it, it is what it is yeah, yeah let's just let's do the best we can with what we have okay so cut to you know she does my teeth cleaning she does my everything and then she's like yeah so we'll see you probably in about six months for another cleaning and i'm like so but what about the right like, the what's crowns. going on and she's like oh you don't have any cavities and i truly had the, ch- the like a full yes. body chills yeah. i could not did you believe embrace her? it did you say can i see the smile beneath your mask we actually made love <laughs> and <laughs> it was an awkward thing to tell kagan <laughs> weeks before our wedding no so anyway so i just i just thought it was hilarious that of course i went to worst case scenario mode it was like a couple of crowns at least right four grand for sure no lauren I don't want to steal your thunder, but I, I had that ex- I've had that exact same moment the last two times I've gone to the dentist where I've been prepared for financial ruin. I've been prepared <laughs> for them to throw the, the book at me, the dental book. Yes. And and instead I actually haven't had any cavities. Mm-hmm. And every time it feels like it feels like I won the lottery. Like I, I it feels like this moment of like, oh wait, you are enough. You know? <laughs> like, Totally. You know, what you're doing is enough. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's an amazing moment. I think it might be because as adults, we probably have better dental hygiene that we than we did as young adults. Well, I think too, I think there's some type of scientific backing here, but look, someone else look it up. But I think you get more cavities as a kid oh, than you really? do as an adult. Yeah. And also the other thing, also someone fact check this, but I think once you've had fillings in places, you can't really get cavities there again like very easily. At one point I had 12 cavities, okay? Like there's some serious dentist trauma. Yeah, for sure. 
really they're just looking at a bunch of fillings. Yeah, totally. I mean, my dentist has showed me like all the fillings I have and he's like, yep, these, this, like sometimes a filling will like decay or it will like start to weaken and they'll have to redo it. But I think at this point I'm mostly filling. <laughs> well, that's another thing that happened is she kept reading off like R17, blah, 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 in Spanish and like, fuck there's tooth after tooth and i'm just like ah this is you know this is a crown this is literally a mouth of of crowns they need to have it literally like be like self-checkout as they're literally like marking off your teeth where they like are like there's a total adding up for you in real time so you can be mentally preparing for what these terms mean well, because uh, that was the other thing. And honestly, I didn't want to say it because I was like too ashamed. But yeah, she like started naming off everything I'd had done in Spanish. But I thought she was name, naming off everything I right, needed to get right. done. No. So I'm just like the fear is building and building and building. And then finally, I'm like, but what about the cavities? What about the crowns? <laughs> there's, anyway. there's been a few times where they've been doing that very thing. And I like cannot help myself. And I just go, oh, how bad is it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you can't help yourself. You, it's literally like they're telling you that you have like every kind of cancer. Yes, exactly. Anyways. Exactly. Wow. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it felt really good. And I and I just came home and reported back to Kagan that he's actually, you know, marrying a hygienic or an orally hygienic woman. Or- if orally we can say hygienic anything. at least. At, at, at least. Yeah, at most. Um, I had another kind of funny thing happen. Okay. Um, I was on a boat and our friend's parents took us out. Okay. took like the boat out and like a bunch of um, right. our friends came and on this boat we were partaking in some psilocybin but it was not it was not allowed to be known that we were partaking in psilocybin because okay so you're sharing it on the podcast the parents were there okay i don't i don't think the parents are gonna find out about this okay you never know um, you doubt our podcast yet again <laughs> <laughs> anyway all i'm gonna say is that i had a bad trip fully Oh, really? Wow. On this boat when I, I don't know what, I, I had three cho- squares of chocolate. Usually I'll do, I'll do like four gummies and I'm kicking and screaming, like loving it. Okay. Like raring to go. And then I'll pop a few more as the day progresses. But anyway, I had three squares of this chocolate and it was the strongest stuff ever. Like all Were you this, on Rainbow like, Road? I was unpacking a lot of childhood trauma what? and I don't even consider myself having a traumatic, traumatic childhood. Wait, Whoa. But it was just really, really intense. I was and not like, prepared for this story to be this story. Well, and thinking all about like our grandmother and I don't know. It was just really gnarly, right? Okay. But very much ensconced in the matrilineal bloodline. Sure. And anyway, so as I'm talking, I'm trying to like keep conversation with the mom who took the people out. Okay. And because I was, you know, on a different plane on some mm-hmm. level, I was very open Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> and I literally, a Chandler, I was, she said something about her dog and I was like, yeah, that's why uh, Kate and I, we haven't had kids yet where, you know, we oh travel a lot. <laughs> we travel a lot. And so we're not ready for a dog or that's why we don't have kids. And it was just like the most awkward thing to say to someone I she, just met. Literally, she's not interested in hearing that like... <laughs> Your family planning, like, woes. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, and it gosh. was like, it was also kind of like a desperate, like, sad comment, you know? Like, that's why I'm so childless. I how know. Would I, how, I have no idea how I would respond to that. 
it was pretty awkward. My friend said she knew I was messed up when I was trying to listen to music from my phone, but I couldn't find the speaker or like where the music was going up. And I kept like holding it up in the wrong place to my ear. She's like, I was going to tell you later, but it was really hilarious. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, but I think they're now wow. aware of my activities. So yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's surprising. <laughs> this is the first I heard of that. Well, I'm glad you're okay now. Yeah, it was very intense. But um, thank you. I am. I'm happy to be back on planet Earth. I'll tell you more about it later. Can I? Can I tell you about a similar trip I've been going on myself? Yes. It's a trip down memory lane. It's a nosedive off a cliff straight into the wonderful discography of Rascal Flats. Oh, okay. Great. Great. <laughs> and at the risk of angering the people who hated songs that stir us, mm. I kind of want to play a song for you and just see your reaction because I know it's, I know it's going to hit you where it counts. You want to lose listeners today. That's yeah, the goal. I'm looking to shave off some downloads. Yeah. Yeah. I won't actually. I won't. But basically, I've been waking up every morning for the past four days, yearning to hear this one Rascal Flat song. Yeah. I've even woken up like in the middle of the night and just been like excited to have coffee the next day and listen to Rascal Flats. Anyways, what I can tell you is that I haven't really been using headphones when I've been doing it. So every morning I just like hit play on my phone using my phone speakers. We'll just play the same Rascal Flat song at least eight times through. Okay. I'm sure Ben loves this. So this is where, yeah. So then today, you know, I'm just testing the waters and I just say to Ben, like, did you ever imagine that you would be dating someone who just loves Rascal Flats this much? Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> the man puts up with a lot. Oh, what a sultry greeting for the morning. I know. No, I mean, I'm telling you, this song is it's it's these days. I'll give it away. It's these days by Rascal Flats. It is honestly so good. Yeah, he didn't love that comment. He didn't. It didn't really resonate with him, shockingly. Mm. Well, what a tale. You should put together a little Spotify playlist for people. Honestly, yes, I will. And then so I've been doing, this has been my loop. It's been Rascal Flats these days, followed by I Go Back, Kenny Chesney. Oh, gosh. Followed okay. by Fast Cars and Freedom, Rascal Flats. And then you just repeat the loop. You know, I, I haven't heard any of those songs. You're but kidding. If you, but if you would put together a playlist, I will definitely listen. We're definitely not doing songs that stir us now. You absolutely won't. I'm so tempted to play it, but okay, whatever. We can, I guess we can move on to Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, let's move on. I think Chandler today we are going to get to the pre we're going to get through the pre-Martin era. Um that's my hope, okay? So, should we give some sort of intro to who Gwyneth Paltrow is? Like do you think people who listen to this podcast know and Honestly, who if you don't know Gwyneth Paltrow is and you listen to this podcast, turn it off, delete it from your phone. We, we don't want you as a listener. Like please go like go back to school, get an education because we can't help you here. Um, Literally, no one can. What do we think of when we think of Gwyneth Paltrow? I can tell you I what I think of. Okay. I think of an incredible middle part, an effortless sun-kissed glow. Okay. I think of jade vagina eggs. Oh, gosh. I yeah. actually have one inside of me right now as we record. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> that plus This I, plus the the mushrooms is I hope the parents have turned this off by now I just wanted to give this episode my all that's all and you really have maybe you really have um I think about hair that's just perfectly effortless and she doesn't I don't think that she's a person who uses a curling iron but somehow her hair always looks perfect right she's expertly unstyled I th exactly I think that I think of a warm smile 
I think mm. of a woman who once called us, you know, mm. people with bright and shining faces. Let's revisit it. When you've been in the presence of the creator. <laughs> For a second when you said creator, I thought you meant like, like, like in the content creator. And I was like, where's she going with this? Where's she going with this? It's true. Yeah, it's true. When we met her at the Goop store in Brentwood, the Brentwood Country Mart, it, there was kind of like a BC and, you know, an after AD kind of thing, right? Yeah, I, I think that it'll it'll take a Jesus coming again to really feel that kind of kind of glow. Yeah, it will. It absolutely will. Well, she, as we approached her brimming with joy, she said, look at these bright, shining faces. Okay, but enough about us. Enough about us. I'll just give a little brief intro for people. A lot of people Chandler don't know this about Gwyneth. Aside from her acting career and her Goop lifestyle brand worth an approximate $250 million, She's actually Hollywood royalty, Chandler. Her mm-hmm. late father, Bruce Paltrow, was a well-known director, mm-hmm. and her mother was an actress and has been an actress for decades. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful, and so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home, and it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. So she grew up in Hollywood. Do you know who her godfather is? I don't. Steven Spielberg. Wow. Okay. So anyway, so she really started at the bottom, started with nothing, this woman, this girl. Bootstrap Um, story. Yeah, exactly. She was born on September 27th, 1972. She lived in Santa Monica until she enrolled in an all-girls private school in Manhattan, Spence School. I mean, truly, there was nothing I was more jealous of in college, or I'm sorry, in high school, than rich kids that went to posh private schools. Right, right, right. Like like, schools? It was honestly... Like, I, I guess I'm just going to unpack the true trauma of Oof. my adolescence, but yep. walking through dirty public school every day in my great outfits and knowing that there were pristine establishments that, you know, parents unafraid to pony up the cash would right. send their kids to. <sighs> anyway. It's, um, yeah, it was hard to, hard to, hard, hard to, to handle. Yeah. Um, can I just say that I just looked up a young Bruce, Bruce Paltrow? And he was very hot, very hot. I didn't know that. Extremely. Yeah, I hot. mean, what do you expect? Okay, right. it's it's great. It top it's top tier genetics. Yeah, that uh, Paltrow. Um, so she is conversant in French and fluent uh-huh. in Spanish. Uh-huh. Um, and she's conversant in French, Chandler, because her family frequently travels to the south of France throughout her childhood. I mean, right. that's just something no one's ever going to say about us. No, never. And you know what? Even if we had traveled, we went a lot to Utah, I will say. Uh, but even if we had traveled <laughs> to the south of France, we still wouldn't be conversant in France. No. In mm-hmm. French. <laughs> no. It's actually funny that you bring that up because literally on Friday night, I was walking to meet friends and these guys stopped me and they started speaking to me in French. And I 
and I did take French in high school and I mm. decided that in that moment I was going to say to them as I was trying to understand what they were driving at as they were hand motioning and you know trying to get me to understand what they were saying I said oh I just speak such little French which is hilarious because I literally took two years of French my freshman and sophomore year and somehow that makes me like a person who just speaks a little bit of French oh I don't speak gosh. any French right right I was right. I was as it, those words came out of my mouth I was like I want to die like I am the person I hate the most yeah yeah I mean that is the thing the most concerning about that is it's a definitely a flirtatious sentence given that you are a taken woman there was like there were like three tall French guys what's crazy though is that I actually saw them yesterday again which is even more mortifying anyways Back to Gwyneth. Anyways, back to Gwyneth. Also, I just want to say, disclaimer, I'm grateful that our parents did not put us in the local private school that I begged them to. Well, I think to be honest, that money would have been wasted on you because I was never asking to go to private school, but you definitely were the artier person in our family. And, you know, if they had indulged you, we would have, <laughs> you would have been in a world of hurt by now. Well, I will also say that the school was not as good as the local private school. Mm -hmm. So it was not even nearly as the our public school was actually much harder. It just didn't have as nice of facilities. Right. Um, even though the academics at the private school were not very good. I digress, though. Back you to Gwen. You surely do. Mm -hmm. So this is the thing, Chandler. She studies art history at UC Santa Barbara. I mean, just a stone's throw from Megan and Harry, mm -hmm. where they would, you know, where they would live in the future. And then she drops out to pursue acting. She has a few TV and small movie roles before her breakout role in Seven and Emma in the night in the mid nineteen nineties. Fun fact, she turned down starring roles in Boogie Nights. She said the sex and nudity would have killed her grandfather. Interesting. Titanic. That's wow. super interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. And Gangs of New York. So we could have had a Gwyneth Paltrow and Leo DiCaprio version of Titanic, which, to be honest with you, I just can't imagine it not being I mean, Kate Winslet. What, what would the world be like? It's almost like a sliding doors moment, to quote one of her movies. I mean, I think I get the metaphor. I've never seen them film. You've never seen Sliding Doors? No. Oh my gosh, Lauren. It's like perfect, you know, London 1990s Gwyneth Paltrow. It's amazing. And what's it about? It's about a Sliding Doors moment. It's a movie that just has like two very different, you know, sequences of events. Oh, really? Yes. Do you Have you heard the expression a Sliding Doors moment? I actually haven't, no. But I kind of intuited what you were saying. Right. I inferred it. Wow, from all the smart. context clues. Yes. Wow. <laughs> SAT vibes. Let's get this girl to college. <laughs> Even on public school. Listen oh, yes. to me. Listen wow. to her go. Listen to that. She's off the charts, folks. Um, yeah. Anyways, all it's right. a great movie. You should watch it. All right. So, well, I will watch that. But let's continue down the journey. Or let's begin okay. the journey of Gwen's romantic life. So right. her first boyfriend. Enough about of, her career. Let's talk about her romantic life. Yeah. Enough about her Enough about her canon, mm -hmm. her professional achievements. Who gives a shit? Let's right. talk about who she was boning in 1991. Oh my gosh. That would be Robert Sean Leonard Chandler. Do you know who that is? No, I'm going to be Googling this whole time. Okay, don't worry. Don't have to Google. I'm here okay. to tell you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I want to see He was what he an looks actor like. in the movie Dead Poets Society. Yes. A hit in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Ever heard of it? Yeah. Yep. At the time, he was actually much more well known than she was. Yeah. He was dashing so, as a young as a young oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. As we go down this truly like stunning journey, mm -hmm. you will learn that Gwyneth and I have a lot in common. Oh gosh. I do not like this parallel that I'm gonna have to sit through. <laughs> 
primarily that we are, you know, what? we we both embrace the female gaze. Okay, uh-huh. we do not eschew it. And she also had a you high date hot guys. You like to for, date a lot of hot guys. She has a high tolerance for male beauty. That's great. When you look at her canon, mm-hmm. uh, I won't say the next word. It is just very impressive. Okay. okay. So Robert Sean Leonard, yes, he's a star of the 90s movie at Dead Poet Society. So this is what he had to say about the relationship and really it was about the breakup. He says, it was the funniest breakup I've ever had, he recalls to the New York Post in 1998. We were in her apartment and figured out that we shouldn't see each other anymore. And within five minutes, she was saying, you know who you'd like? I have this friend. One is <laughs> a bit of a yenta, but she's a great, great friend. <laughs> he also said that he talked about her you know, accepting her Oscar. And he said, I remember watching Gwyneth Paltrow deliver her Oscar acceptance speech in floods of tears. My God, how open. The poor girl is just so intimate with these unnamed millions of people. I couldn't do that. I just feel like a squirrel at a fox hunt and those things. So awkward and uncomfortable. Hmm. Uh, well, at least she's, you know, intimate with unnamed millions instead of us intimate with unnamed hundreds. Right. <laughs> Give it all away basically for mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So her next dalliance is with a man named Donovan Like Jr. Okay. Chandler, this might, you know, sound familiar because there was a singer named Donovan. And this is actually his son. He was basically, he was never a household name. He was a actor, singer, and you know, model when he was young, but nothing, nothing much came of his career. Nothing remarkable. Okay. All of you Donovan like junior heads. Okay. (laughs) Please do not come for us. Like literally we, we cannot have, we cannot have continue, please. Okay. So here's where it's going to get juicier. We finally are at the era of Gwen dating one Brad Pitt. Thank God. We landed this plane here. Okay, so Gwen dates Brad between 1994 and 1997. Yeah. So I was four to I seven. I was two. And you were zero. zero. And then to, th- to two. Huge chapters in our life. Yeah, I, you had a lot of, you definitely changed a lot in that period. <laughs> and you know what, Chandler? So did Gwen and Brad. Okay. Wow, okay. A lot they were of engaged, happened. right? In parallel, they did become engaged. So this was the, her first high-profile relationship, and it was extremely public. Mm-hmm. And Chandler, I'm not sure if you know this, but Brad proposed in 1996. They were engaged, referring to Gwyneth as his angel and the love of his life mm-hmm. in a speech at the Golden Globes. Wow. So let's listen to it from the horse's mouth. Don't take my word for it. Let's hear Gwyneth talk about her feelings about marriage and her engagement to Brad Pitt when she was engaged to him. I mean, this is going to be quite the throwback. She is about 22. So perfect Provo timing. Right. I take um, the institution of marriage extremely seriously. Everybody, there are no divorces in my family and, um, and in his um, either. So, you know, we've been together for quite some time. So it was, this is not a rash decision. Have you come up with a formula on how you find time to be together? Yeah, actually we have, and it's been working out really great. Um, we're just not doing movies at the same time. So I finished my last film, Great Expectations, 
in October and then went with him to Argentina while he did seven years in Tibet and was there most of the time with him. And then he's going to have a break while I do my next one. And then I'm going to take a break while he does his. So, you know, you really need to do that, I think, in order to, you know, have a, have a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's too mm -hmm. difficult to be separated. It really is. And back then, Gwen wanted a lot of kids. So brood of like 12? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> You're like, you heard it her first. 12 kids. Yeah. I guess I'm going to be a dad with a lot of kids. Any idea what kind wow. Of well, I better be a good one, huh? I mean, it's pretty hot. Now knowing how the sliding doors actually closed right, on right. our relationship, it's a little jarring and a little sad to hear Brad Pitt say that ugh, he hoped to be the father of a lot of children and hers. And honestly, he did have a whole gaggle of kids and that's gone up in flames. Okay. Can Even I with actually, the reports from last week. Can I actually, let's just take a moment let's to take detour a, for a, a second. Let's take an effing moment. I almost okay. used to drop a hard F-bomb because I want to talk about this. Well, so I'll give my hot take. Okay. So Angelina's in court documents, her team basically alleged that Brad Pitt was physically abusive on that plane flight, both to her and I think it was two of the kids, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And so there's a, a lot of like team Brad versus team Angie. I feel like most of the rhetoric is very much team Brad. Mm -hmm. I feel like he still has captured everyone's yes. hearts. Yes. And here's the thing I want to say about it. Basically, look at who the kids have chosen to be with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally. will tell you who is the good parent and who is the parent with problems. Who knows? I don't know if it's like if the kids stay with the mom, that automatically means the dad's like, you know, messed up completely. But I For do sure. think I do think that we're not seeing any paparazzi photos of him continuing any. a relationship with any of the kids. That's actually, I think, one of like the darkest things about and, it. And you would be seeing some Daily Mail of him going to, you know, take them out for breakfast or something. Like you would mm -hmm. just, especially knowing that, you know, he's been in the, the public eye for so long. Like his PR team would be doing that if it was actually on the table. And I just don't think it's on the table right now. Well, I'm sure people are going to argue about parental alienation and that she's keeping the kids from him. But ultimately, like a lot of those kids are over the age of 14. Right. And kids get to make that decision themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, you would just, they could go out to breakfast with their dad. Maybe they don't live with him 50% of the time, but they could right. go out to breakfast. And we're just seeing no going out to breakfast photos. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know why that's like a very divorced dad moment is literally taking your kids out for breakfast on the weekends, but that's what I'm picturing in my head. Yeah. Well, there's no breakfast happening, unfortunately. Um, we do have a friend who did actually serve Angelina Jolie when she came into a restaurant he was working at. Mm -hmm. Our friend said that she got um, like hard boiled eggs and grilled tomatoes and then ordered a ton of food for the kids and barely ate any of her food. That was my favorite tidbit. Yes, yes. We need to have him on for all of his uh, spottings. Honestly, who who wants to eat any of their grilled tomatoes? It sounds disgusting. It's That's a horrific meal. And I love hard-boiled eggs, but I'm wanting to throw up at the thought of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So anyway, back to Gwyneth, though. Did you have, or did you have something else? No, no. I'm glad we addressed that. Okay. So Chandler, do you know why Gwyneth and Brad broke up? I do, actually. Oh, you do? Okay, I do. Great. I don't know why. I recently read about this. Um, she felt like she was too young to get married. She broke his heart. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, I think, one of the lesser known facts in celebrity romances. But 
she was really the one that got away for Mr. Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if they were together? I love Brad Falchuk, but I mean, maybe I know too much now about Brad Pitt, but they would be a dynamite couple. Oh, Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. would be an iconic celebrity couple, but I do think that there's a little bit of Ben Affleck in Brad Pitt. Not yeah. to, you know, give away what's coming next, but I don't think that Brad Pitt is probably going to be anyone's lifelong partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is what Gwyneth says. She says, I definitely fell in love with him, meaning Brad. He was so gorgeous and sweet. I mean, he was Brad Pitt. My father was devastated when we split up. Wow. But I was such a kid. I was 22 when we met. It's taken me until 40 to get my head out of my ass. You can't make that decision when you're 22 years old. I wasn't ready and he was too good for me. I mean, saying that someone was too good for you is the exact thing you say when you dump someone. Right. Also, yeah, it's, it's like a fantastic way to be very nice about a breakup that you initiated yeah she's got such a way with words yeah i mean she consciously uncouples she compliments the people whose hearts she's broken she's like the queen of tact wow also i want to just say something too yeah i want to contextualize something she said in the podcast that we discussed last week she talked about how when she was that age she still was not confident in her body did not like herself And it's just like, I just want to call attention to the fact that as women, there can just literally be no peace. You can literally be dating Brad Pitt, okay? Mm, Yeah. And you can still be at war with yourself. And it's very sad. And I am so happy that, you know, she's evolved and, you know, all those things. But it's it's very interesting. I think that there can be no peace, but that's the the key word is can, because there can also be peace. Of course, of course. And I think she's found that. But just, right. just just to hear that even in that state, mm-hmm. she was still insecure and self-conscious is right. crazy. For it's sure. Like, literally, you know, to just like a layman like ourselves, to lay lay people like us, <laughs> uh, to lay people like <laughs> To layman. To lay people like us. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is, that would be the ultimate goal. That would be like, wow, you must be the most beautiful woman ever. For Brad sure. Pitt is dating you. Anyways. Well, I think that Chandler, there's a, there's a proverb, okay? And oh, it's- gosh. It's actually kind of a law. It's as above, so below. Okay. So okay. suffering is the same regardless of the spectrum of human existence you're living on. And people experience generally the same amount of happiness right. and pleasure, regardless of if they're dating Brad Pitt or um, not dating at all, just mm-hmm. trolling Tinder. Right. Right. Very good. Okay. Okay. Continue. I don't know if that's really true, though. It probably would be amazing to be in the 90s to be a movie star dating Brad Pitt. Um, But it's a nice thing to tell ourselves to try to be able to sleep at night. The joy we feel with our amateur podcast is actually the same (laughs) joy Gwen Paltrow feels with her $250 million empire. It's actually the relative. It's actually the same. The joy that Gwyneth Paltrow feels Mm -hmm. when she steps into her Moroccan-tiled, stunning home spa to do a steam and sauna and cold plunge and jacuzzi is the same joy I feel when I step into my shower-only bathroom. Mm -hmm. That shower head really needs to get replaced. Right. Right. No, it's it's the same for me. It's the exact same for me (laughs) as I sit on my toilet. It's just a little bit too small. In my little yeah. bit too small of bathroom. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same. It's the same. It's actually crazy because like it's a law that it's actually the same. You're so full of shit. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I guess we've broken the spell. So now that we've established that some people really have better lives than us, let's continue. Right. Um, apparently, Gwyneth 
was a little like Megan, right? She loved the spoils of fame, but she didn't love the attention. Okay. So she mm-hmm. wanted to have her cake and eat it too. Sure. And she decided that she needed a relationship out of the spotlight. Okay. Okay. Right. And if we remember, Gwyneth and Brad, they really were the pinnacle of 90s cool with their matching yes. highlights and haircuts. Yeah. And it was all that kind of intense imagery and mm-hmm. attention that, that led her to understand that she needed a life with more discretion, especially yeah. in her love life. That's true. She definitely wouldn't have a Patreon. That's for sure. No, 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 no. That was not in her near future. So it was during her relationship with Brad, though, that Harvey Weinstein famously now sexually harassed her. Mm -hmm. So after he hired her for the lead in Emma, um, one of the roles that propelled her into stardom, she met him at his hotel and he began to touch her and suggested that they move into the bedroom for massages. Okay, not to like make light of a traumatic situation, but I just feel like if someone asked me that, I'd be like, yeah, but there's no masseuses. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you're that rich. It's like, wait, we're yeah. going to be doing a massage train right now and, like, we're rich? Like, <laughs> a massage train. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah. I, massage trains are what you do when you're in college and have no yes. money. And you're like, okay, well, I'll touch you if you touch me. <laughs> Literally gross. But anyway, so I guess she rejects him probably because she's like, um, hello, there's no masseuse. Right. So this is her talking about how Brad stood up for her. So this is kind of a long clip. It's like two minutes long. We had one instance in a hotel room where he tried to, where he made a pass at me. And then I really kind of stood up to him. I told my boyfriend at the time. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, who. By the way, I love him for this. I love him for this too. You told him, hey, Harvey just did something really weird. And Harvey's moves are weird. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Here's a guy who's your, he's like a dad to you. Yeah, I was shocked. When you tell Brad, Brad says, fuck this guy. I'm going to go over and confront him. So what happened was I told him right away and I was very shaken by the whole thing. And I had two movies. I'd signed up to do two movies with him. Were you afraid that the movies would be canceled? I was afraid. Yeah, sure. Because this was a good thing. And Brad Pitt, we were at a, um, the opening of Hamlet on Broadway that Ray Fiennes was in Hamlet and Har- and Harvey was there and Brad Pitt, it was like the equivalent of throwing him against the wall, you know, energetically. It was like... Were you afraid though? Did you... Was it really... And this, I mean, great guy Brad Pitt for doing that. But at the same point too, it's your story. It's your relationship with Harvey. As most guys do, they take action. Right. When, when you come home and say, Harvey just did a weird thing to me... Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something. Yeah. Maybe you weren't even looking for that. Like, like he took it upon himself to confront Harvey. I, it was so fantastic because what he did was he leveraged his fame and power to protect me at a time when I didn't have fame or power yet. Right. Wow. It moves you. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Good for him. Yeah. He's a good person. Oh, you must have just, you know, I guess part of me was like, well, who's Brad Pitt to take up your cause? You didn't tell him to do that. But at the same point, oh my gosh, it was very heroic. And and Harvey was never inappropriate with me again. Wow. I just like Brad Pitt sticking up for you. He's the best. Wonder what he said. Did he ever tell you what he said to Harvey? Yeah, because he came back and told me exactly what he said. And was he like, fuck you. You ever lay a hand on my girlfriend, I'm going to kill you. He said, if you ever make her feel uncomfortable again 
I'll kill you or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, well, this guy also getting a, this interview, we're getting a raging, you know what? I mean, I'm Brad ready Pitt. to forget all about the plane incident. I mean, this is a stunning, st- I'm stirred. Uh, but it's also like the, okay, it's, yeah, it's stirring, but it's like, it's the least he can do. It's the least he can do. Also, I love that you're like, this interview, Chandler, this is Howard Stern. You don't recognize oh, Howard Stern's voice. Like, this interviewer doing a great job. <laughs> you could have told me that was a 60 minutes interview and I would have been like, yep, sounds great. Someone get this guy a show. <laughs> love how natural he is. I'm sorry. I don't listen to as much X-rated radio as you do. Yeah, I'm all about Howard Stern. Okay. I'm actually not, but I should be. I have a Sirius XM subscription. I don't even know how to get Howard I would like Stern to actually have to get like that upgrade. login at some point. Well, if you have American Express Platinum Chandler, you get Sirius for free. So. Wow. Another uh, only costs you what seven hundred and fifty dollars a year in annual fees. Okay, it pays for itself, Chandler. If you travel enough, which is a super douchey thing to say. Yeah, it is. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please, early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal. Everyone, they are the perfect. 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them we're gonna tell them about about them anyway so maybe we can get paid to do it and honestly we just cannot recommend them enough we have a link in our show notes you can go to earlybirdcbd.com use code popapologist20 for 20 percent off earlybirdcbd.com popapologist20 for 20 percent off do yourself a favor try the gummies they ship to all 50 states everybody you got to try it earlybirdcbd.com um let's see so i have another a uh, little clip of Gwenny talking about her breakup with Brad Pitt. Okay. 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 And it's, it's, it's a strain on any relationship when it's so public. And we had, you know, an extra amount of pressure just because for some reason we seem to, I think, fulfill something for people. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it was great. And he's great. He's a lovely guy. And, you know, and it's like for us, it's just like, and the relationship didn't work out and it's, Wait, just hold on one second. She's literally like 24 in this. So she's talking, yeah. or 25. She's so young talking right, about this. Right. And it's just so interesting to hear. It'd be so casual. Like, he's a great guy. Anyway, okay, we'll keep listening. You know what I mean? But for the world, it seems to be this huge deal. And it just kind of mystifies me because, you know, for me, it's like, you know, what? And they make such a drama out of it. And they, you know, they print all these things that aren't true. And I didn't even read any of it. But some of the things your friends say, like, is it true that, you know, you were you went off with like six bodyguards or you know it's just like come on you know if these people are writing these things and you think well let them if it sells their papers and they want to write about it let them you know. let them have their podcasts these little plebeians literally <laughs> oh my gosh we are seriously just like the bottom feeders of the ocean that Gwyneth Paltrow was on a yacht on. I'll die if she ever <laughs> listens to our podcast. She's just like throwing trash off her yacht, mm-hmm. basically. Just like, oh, let those podcasters ha- right. have something to feed on. If it gets you downloads, go for exactly. it. Exactly. If it gets you enough downloads to get a $200 sponsorship with ZocDoc, right. go for it, girl. <laughs> okay. But let's not pull back the curtain too much. Let's return. So Chandler, 
I think one of the hottest men of the 90s and 2000s. Okay, is? Is one Vigo Mortensen. Yes. He's in Lord of the Rings, Hidalgo, Green Book. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vigo Mortensen, jaw of an ox, just incredible looking man. Yeah, absolutely. They had a rumored hookup in 1998, around the time when they were in the movie A Perfect Murder. Mm-hmm. So neither party confirmed this. Okay. Um, but when Gwyneth and Brent Affleck broke up, a lot of people thought that Vigo Mortensen was to blame. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. So he says, I was bombarded with hate mail by people who said I'd stolen Gwyneth from Ben. So when Gwen and Ben split up, people put two and two together. Said, this is my, this is what Vigo did. Have mm-hmm. you seen a perfect murder? How right. hot that was? Right. I mean, it's, so, it was the precursor to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. I mean, so Vigo denies it, though. He says, what was true is that before we took our clothes off and climbed between the sheets, I would serenade Gwyneth with Spanish love songs to get her in the mood and to soothe her. Wow. I'm saying it extra loud because, honestly, that sounds like a great way to be put in the mood. Kagan does not give a shit. (laughs) I don't think that will ever happen for me. No. Um, And then he says... It's always been a little weird when you have to take your clothes off and do a love scene with someone you don't know. In this case, it was weird, but it was fun. And any actor who says they feel uncomfortable doing those scenes, well, that's bullshit. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that added commentary, Beagle Mortensen. Screw things like an intimacy coach. Yeah, exactly. Screw them. Wow. You say say you're uncomfortable during a love scene? That's bullshit. Um, Wow. So when he first heard the stories linking him to Gwyneth, he said, I thought it was pretty funny, but then it wasn't funny anymore. I started getting pretty mean letters. Okay. Not and mean he found letters himself- to Vigo. Yeah, I know. Um, and he said that he found himself in demand for a lot of press interviews. My phone never stopped ringing with press people asking me how I seduced Gwyneth. Oh my gosh. They were confusing me with the movie. What's this anyway, movie called? I kind of want to watch it now. It is called A Perfect Murder. Um, I I thought you knew about it because you said it was a precursor to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No, I just like, gathered that from your context clues. I remember how oh, good I of see. a reader I am. I'm good at reading <laughs> comprehension. Wow, that's incredible, Chandler. Who is the main character in the past two <laughs> two sentences, three sentences? <laughs> well, just that it was like a movie that allegedly broke up a marriage. You are, do you want me to understand? I can I can explain this to you. I don't need a four to five sentence paragraph. I can do it. Answer. I can do We're it. Good. My thesis. Yeah. I think we'll pass. Okay. Um, he also said that uh, Vigo, he said that his relatives in Denmark were convinced that she was his lover because he was dressing in a better way. The relatives are like, she's got to be your girlfriend because you're <laughs> dressing better. These are the facts that people are so happy that they're coming. <laughs> to pop apologists for like literally the world is on fire and people are listening to her podcast and that's talking about like Vigo Mortensen's relatives in Denmark thought he was a more snappy dresser and so then they thought he must be with Gwyneth in 1996 oh my anyway but here's the quote Chandler so he says they called his relatives to say they were happy for me and said Gwyneth was such a, a great dresser and such style that they hoped it would rub off and make me pour pay more attention to my clothes okay so his family's a little superficial yeah totally we don't know anything about about that okay so let's we're gonna finish up this episode you guys with getting up to ben affleck so yes this is gonna be a two-parter everyone Mm -hmm. get excited 
So Gwyneth dates Ben Affleck for approximately three years, okay? Mm-hmm. She met him at a Miramax dinner in 1997. Okay. They also worked together on Shakespeare in Love. Okay. And the movie Bounce. Okay. They dated on and off, on and off from 1997 to 2000. She is jet-setting with Ben Affleck. Ugh, another it wow. cu- high-profile it couple. So I guess the lessons, Chandler, that she learned that she needed to keep her private mm-hmm. life more private yep. went out the window when she got a taste of something she liked in Ben Affleck. Right, right. Damn. But unfortunately, Chandler, this relationship was more of a train wreck than a, a clean really? journey. Like yeah. what? Um, so apparently Ben Affleck just, I don't know if anyone has used any context clues to deduce this, um, but Ben Affleck is a, a troubled person person really? and not able no. to maintain a monogamous relationship no did he cheat on her it's shocking well no one really it, it's hard to really say so we're gonna have to parse it from the details okay um but apparently ben affleck's just many internal issues contributed to the problems and the eventual eventual end of their relationship this is what she had to say about it i just think we have a very different sort of value system oh Boom. scathing scathing that is literally like that guy is the biggest asshole on the planet oh he's yeah he sucks he doesn't deserve any of the women that he has been with that's classy girl code for raking someone over the coals right yeah yeah so in 2003 she told diane sawyer that she was not surprised that ben and j-lo did not make it down the altar i mean burn can you make it down the aisle yeah can you imagine being like, oh, yeah, I'm not surprised that didn't happen. So this is what she says. And this is a very famous quote we've heard over and over again, but it bears repeating. OK, she says Ben makes life tough for himself. He's got a lot of complications and, you know, he's a really great guy. So I hope he sorts himself out. Damn. I just love when like a woman makes it very clear that he's all the problem. He's a mess. Right. Totally. Like they, t- she takes no responsibility in the best way. Right. Exactly. Um, so then Gwyneth also, this is a quote I had never heard before. She, she was asked what his perfect woman would be. Um, and she said his perfect woman would be any sort of stripper at scores. I'm assuming, Stop. I'm assuming scores is some like restaurant. She literally said a stripper. His perfect woman would be any sort of stripper at scores. Anyone that serves cold beer in a bikini. What? <laughs> I know, kind of shocking for a lady that keeps things tight to the vest. Um, And so then Howard Stern, Chandler, he's a, I don't know if you know this, he's someone who does good interviews. Um, He asked Gwyneth, he said, how did you know not to marry him? You were never in love with him, he says. And she answers, it's interesting. I think there's certain boyfriends where you're trying to work stuff out, right? Like you're trying to heal certain stuff from your childhood. And he was very much a lesson in that way. Interesting. I'm not sure exactly what I was trying to heal in that instance, but it was, you know, it was specific. It's crazy that they dated for as long as they did. I know. Well, I think that guys that treat you poorly can really sink their teeth into you Mm -hmm. because you're constantly chasing the validation. So this is another thing. So Blythe and uh, what's her dad's name? Bruce. Blythe and Bruce. 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 Yeah, Bruce. Bob. Bob. (laughs) Bob. Bob. His name's Bob. (laughs) Thanks, Chandler. I knew it started with a B. I was getting there. So Gwyneth says that Blythe and Bruce were pleased at the dissolution of their union. She said, I think my parents appreciated how he's super intelligent and he's really talented and so funny, but he was not in a good place in his love life to have a girlfriend. And I think they were okay with us not being together. 
And it's what has it been 23 years, 22 years since then? And it still rings true. Yeah. Tiger doesn't change his spots, baby. It's just like he just hasn't figured it out yet. Wow. It's like honestly sad. I know. Okay, so this is the the culmination of part one. Should we do a little predictione of how long Ben and Jayla will last? Maybe another year. Oh, okay. I would give it. Yeah, honestly, my goal, my guess is a year too. My goal. Yeah. My goal will be six months because that's going to be pretty juicy. But no, I think it's a year. Um, do you want to quickly just touch on the Kanye stuff from this weekend? Oh, yeah. Let's. Let's. Oh, also, I have another thing to talk to our listeners about okay. before we get well, there. Anyways, I, I caught clips of the Kanye Tucker Carlson interview on Instagram. And boy, oh, boy. Well, I, I kind of want to say, speaking of the Instagram, you guys, we have our dear listener Sophie helping us with Instagram stories for teasing the episodes. So Sophie, if you ever see the cute graphics, like letting you know, episode 130, and this is Mm -hmm. what the gals are talking about. The reason why it's in the third person is because it's not us making those, you know, have her doing it. And we're so lucky she's on the pop apologist team. Anyway, I just wanted to tell people that because I think there was a little bit of confusion. But okay, yes, let's go back to Kanye. Okay. Did you catch any of the Tucker Carlson? Uh, Yes. Can I tell you my favorite part of Kanye and Tucker Carlson? What was your favorite part? I mean, I've never seen Tucker Carlson at a loss for words before. So this is when he's asked if he talks to Obama. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Talk to him if I see him. Yep. But I guarantee you he see me. <laughs> I don't even know that. I just thought that sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, talk I'll talk to him when I see him, but I can guarantee you he sees me. It's so funny. It's so funny. I don't even know what that means. I just thought it just sounded cool. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh but yeah, gosh. wow. Truly. Yeah. I, was, I didn't even know that interview was happening until it had already happened. Right, I was like, right. What? Oh, really, Chandler? You don't watch Fox News live every night? Well, I just feel like I think it was a very last minute thing. I think I read something about how last minute it was. Do you, do you have any takeaways you want to share with the audience? No, not really. Just that it was Okay, crazy. you just want to bring up that it happened and that you saw that. I just I feel stories. like we have to acknowledge the moment in time, which is, I mean, it's, it was the points he makes. I don't even know if you can call them points. You this know is a person like, who is off their medication. You know, he's like full QAnon, right? Yeah. 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 Like that's what he's talking about. He's talking yeah. about and he made those anti-Semitic remarks mm-hmm. on Twitter, yep. which were horrifying, and, yeah. completely horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's full QAnon stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the whole QAnon theory is that, I don't know. I don't want to wade into it because it's so dark. Yeah, I don't know. But something we should probably tread lightly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super, super, super sad. I mean, to- it's just kind of like, dang. He has like four kids. I will say I do know someone personally. Chandler, you know this person as well mm-hmm. who knows him personally. Yeah. Um, and all by all accounts, Kanye West is insane and treats people horribly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I will say that his like Christian man persona mm-hmm. is probably akin to like the men in Handmaid's Tale and their yeah. commitment to to piety and right. you know. Oh my gosh, this is another thing. I don't think I don't think anyone's listening anymore. So I'll tell you this is another thing that happened on the boat. So I was talking to my friend's mom about the podcast. Yeah. And anyway, she was like, Oh, your mom, she must be so proud. I'm like, honestly, no. Like she's not really proud of it. She's pretty <laughs> oh embarrassed gosh, about it. Right. She really wishes we were just more like pious and vestal, you know? And she was like, Pious and Vestal, it's a lot to live up to. 
just like once again you were saying stuff to people that they cannot like recover from they cannot come (laughs) up with like an appropriate response because it's just like way too much information i know it's packing so much information into like like, four words people who also just don't want to be emotionally that close in that moment (laughs) a hundred percent it's awkward and weird yes like, I mean, even listening to your solo episode, everyone needs to go listen to Lauren's solo episode because it's amazing. But there's also just like some incredible tales of Lauren both forcing her emotional vulnerability onto other people. Yeah. <laughs> the woman on the plane. Yeah. I did do a solo Patreon episode. Very vulnerable episode. It was great. All right. Love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with part two. We should just we should do part two next week. I think that'll be good. Part two next week. Love ya. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.